said all over the house this morning. Let's sing this old hymn of the church. We'll soon be done with troubles and trials. Let's worship the Lord together.
Lord to that day. Amen. You may be seated at this time. We're going to ask our ushers to come as they make their way this morning for this morning's tithes and offerings. Let me just say to you this morning, to all moms here today, happy Mother's Day. We're so glad. Can we just give a hand of, uh, of appreciation to all our moms here today? Amen. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Immediately following prayer, we're going to ask you to bring your tithes and offerings to the Lord today before we get ready to continue our service. Let's pray together. Father, we love you today. And we thank you for the opportunity to come into your house and to gather into your name to just worship you, Lord. Father, I thank you that we are in your house and we are just here today. Lord, I pray you bless the gift and the giver today. You bless those that have to give and those that may not have to give. There's someone here today who cannot give. I pray at some point in time you would bless them to be able to give back for all that you have done for them. Lord, let every song that is sung, note that is played, message that is given be for the upbuilding and the glory of Jesus Christ. And for that, we give you the praise and glory and the honor. Together, the body of Christ said, Amen. Amen. Will you bring your tithes and offerings this time? God bless you this morning. today. Greet them today in the name of the Lord. God bless you. you're here. Today is your day, and we wanted you to know that we love you. You could have decided to stay home and relax, but you're here with us, and it means so much. Being a mom isn't easy, 
It can be fun and rewarding, but it can also be very challenging and stressful. And sometimes it's hard to know if you're getting it right. But you should know that being here today, it's an important part. In Proverbs, the Bible says, train up children in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. So you being here today, in the house of God, surrounded by friends, family, and even those visiting, is such an amazing example. You are seeking more of Jesus and worshiping unashamed. The young men and women here are watching, and as they grow, they'll remember and do the same. So thank you, moms. Thank you so much for being here. We pray that God will bless you by renewing your spirit and drawing you closer to Him so you can continue to be a godly example to all those around you. Happy Mother's Day. You know, giving me a microphone on Mother's Day is dangerous. I heard that. I heard that. The Bible said, and the scripture this morning, uh, and in my study, that it's important for us to get together and read the Word of God. And uh, Jews got exiled to Babylon. That's when the synagogue started. They needed a place to worship. The temple was destroyed, and they needed a place to get together. And what did they do when they got together? They read the Word over and over and over. Sometimes they'd write five lines. Sometimes they'd write five chapters, almost always 30 verses. So I'm not going to read, well, I don't know. It's close, 20 verses today. But it's Mother's Day. So I'm going to talk to you in Proverbs. I think uh, Marion did this last year, if I'm not mistaken. Praise of a virtuous woman starts with Proverbs 31, verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She writheth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion of her maidens. To her maidens. She considered a fruit and by it fruit of her hand, she planted the vineyard. She girded her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceived that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle. Her hands holdeth distant. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor give her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Truer words are never spoken. If you have a virtuous woman, a virtuous wife, it is worth everything. Everything. I went to sea for months at a time. She took care of the household. She took care of everything. Took care of my son. Made sure he got to church. That's important. 
Gathering together is important. Praying to the Lord is important. So we're going to go to the Lord in prayer right now, thanking him for all he's done. Kind Heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise your holy name for everything that you have done for us, Lord. We thank you for the mothers that are here today, Lord. I pray that you will continue to bless them and give them favor and honor. pray that you will continue to strengthen them and give them that which they need, Lord. Lord, as the video said, raising children ain't easy, not for the faint of heart. pray that you will give them wisdom, give them kindness, Lord, give them love in their heart for those children. Pray, Lord, that you will bless them as they come into the church, Lord, because they are, a lot of times, the workers of the church that get things done, and we thank you and praise you for that. Lord, there are those today that can't be here because they're sick. I pray that you will be with them and keep them, lift them up and strengthen them, continue to abide with them and help them, Lord. Pray that you will be with our ministers, deliver us the word today, Lord, that we can use these words for thy glory in the coming week, Lord, to further thy kingdom. Pray that you will continue to bless us and help us, Lord, to do as you would have us to do. We ask all this in Jesus' name. And the congregation said, Amen. Worship to the day with Sister Lila. She comes to bless us in song today. Mothers, we're blessed today that the Lord has given us another year to celebrate this day. So far down the line, we had a mother that taught us the right way. I was lost, but he knew where to find me. Sister Barnes, this is for you. You had asked me to do this. I need more volume, honey. I was lost, but you knew where to find me. I was Of that price 
continue to worship the Lord uh, this morning. We know that Calvary is the reason why, but there's one name that's above every name, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. So we want to sing that in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. So let's worship the Lord.
Oh, are you thankful today, church, for the victory in Jesus today? Lord, we love you today. Lord, we glorify and magnify the name that is above every other name. That is the name of Jesus. And Lord, we worship you today. Lord, we just want to declare, God, that God, you are truly Alpha and Omega, the beginning. Lord, the first and the last. But God, one that we can worship today. God, this is our prayer. That you are the God who was and is and who is will be forevermore. Lord, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And you are worthy to be praised today. Let's sing, church. Behold Jehovah, seated on the throne. Abba, Father, the well that overflows the God who was and is and shall be forevermore. Holy is the Lord. Amen. 
praise the Lord this morning. sing it.
Father, you are the spirit of the living God. God, it doesn't matter what song that is sung or message that is given. This is nowhere, anywhere, shape or form a service without the Holy Ghost in the house. And Father, I just want to ask you to come into the solemn secrecy of this assembly. And I'm asking God right now you transcend the time of heaven and time of portals in space. And I pray, God, that every note we have sung, every note that has been played, message that has been read, every scripture that has been read, Sunday school lesson that has been taught, has set an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to just come down and say that He is in our midst once again. And Father, right now, before we break the bread of life, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Welcome into this place. God, let you, your name receive glory and honor and power and all majesty that you deserve today. And Father, we will forever give you all the praise and the glory and the honor that is due your name. And together we, the people of God, decree and declare, Amen. Amen. You may be seated, if you can, momentarily in the presence of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to go to the book of Genesis, chapter 29. book of Genesis, chapter 29. And we're going to read at the end of chapter 29 and the beginning of chapter 30. Let me say to all of those that are in the house today that are present, if you are a mother... I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'm not going to do like some churches, have all the mothers stand in the house. Because then if I make you stand, everybody else that's sitting, we know they ain't mothers. So we don't get to honor them. And I don't want somebody to get offended because they didn't get honored today. But if you are a mother, a grandmother, or maybe you're a spiritual mother. Maybe you don't have biological children anymore. but Or maybe you never had biological children, but you've invested in the lives of other people we appreciate you as well. Can we one more time just give our mothers one more time a hand of appreciation today in the house of the Lord today. As you're uh, turning in your Bibles uh, today, uh, let me just a couple of housekeeping things. If you brought children with you, if you are a mom that happened to bring your children, please take them home with you when you leave. We don't keep them. This is not Samuel and Eli. We don't keep your children. So please, if you were a mom when you came, be a mom when you leave and take those kids back with you. Uh, they are in the back today, and we need you to sign them out so that they will. we know where they are going today. Normally, I don't do uh, a lot of welcome this person, welcome that person. But we do have quite a few guests with us today uh, that I just want to just briefly recognize just because of the efforts they made today. I want to recognize Brother Larry uh, Wyatt's mother and father who are from Tennessee I'm so sorry that South Carolina beat the volunteers, but welcome to church today, and I uh, hope the Lord will convict you uh, and change you in your heart, but uh, we're so glad that you're here. I see your shirt. I'm just not looking at that side of the church. There's like some, some hindrances in the move of the Spirit right over here, and so uh, we, we uh, this side's Carolina fan, so we can't intermingle, but so far, and we got one Clemson fan, but she's going to get saved today too, so it's going to work out. Speaking of which, that would be Sister Julie, who is Brother and Sister Barnes' daughter. Uh, I only get to see her about once a year. That's typically on Father's Day, but she felt guilty, and so she came to Mother's Day this year. So I'll get to see her twice this year. I don't know if I should go ahead and make my eternal resting place secure because I've seen her twice in one calendar. I'm going to see her twice in one calendar year. So God's coming again, church. Get ready. So um, 
want to welcome her today at church as well. Also, uh, Brother Mike and them have quite a lot of folks with them. Uh, his mother, Sister Ruby King, she attends one of our other Church of Gods in Goose Creek, but she is with us today. We honor you today. We are so glad you made this your place today and, 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 and the rest of the family. We're glad to see uh, Brad and Jessica, who I always tell them every Sunday I have a seat saved for them. I'm finally glad they came to make sure I was not a liar. So your seat was saved for you today. Thank y'all for being here. I know Brother Stan and Miss Brenda's got some family with them today. We welcome you to church today as well. And others, I do want to make one special guest uh, here recognized today. Uh, about two and a half, about two years ago, we began praying that God would do a miracle in terms of bringing a baby into fruition. And so today, this morning, for the first time, we have the illustrious privilege on Mother's Day to welcome baby Harper to church. That is Aaron and Carl Burkhalter's daughter that's here today. And so I know she's probably asleep somewhere up there up front, or she's down there. Oh, she's down there with Miss Angela. Well, Harper, I know you could care less what the preacher has to say, but I'm so glad you came to church today. Your mother and father, we debate, but I'm so glad that you're here today. And can we welcome them today to church as well? And all our other guests that are streaming online, in-house, I know there are lots that are with their families today, like Brother Jordy and others that went to church with their mothers, and so we miss them, but we are glad that uh, they got the opportunity to do that. If you're online joining us, we welcome you to church today as well. Therefore, now, let's get to what you're all here for. That's the, the gift that I'm going to give you when I get done preaching, so, so uh, don't forget when you leave today to get those gifts from us. If you are a mother, grandmother, we want to give you a gift today just to say we love you and uh, that we thank God for you. Genesis chapter 29, we're going to begin reading in verse number uh, 26 there on your screen. If you will stand for the reading of God's Word uh, this morning, we're going to ask you, if you don't have your Bibles, it'll only be on the screens to my right, to my left, and you'll be able to follow along with us today in the house of the Lord. Sister Tana, will you give me just a little bit of the headset and the, the stage, the monitor, just in the stage so I don't feel like that I'm preaching harder than I should. We have guests. I have to behave today. Genesis 29, verse 26, and we're going to read together. And Laban said, it must not be done so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. He's talking about Leah and Rachel. Fulfill the week, and we will give you this one for the service you have served for me still another seven years. So Jacob did so, and he fulfilled the week with Leah. And so Laban gave his daughter Rachel to be his wife. Laban also gave, next slide for me guys if you don't mind, Laban also gave his maid Billa to his daughter Rachel as maid, and Jacob also went to Rachel, and he loved Rachel more than he did Leah. Now that's a tough place to be, unloved. But he served Laban another seven years. Verse 31, and when the Lord saw that Leah, that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, and Rachel was left barren. So Leah conceived, and she bore a son, and she called him Reuben, saying, The Lord surely has looked upon my affliction. Therefore my husband will love me. Then she conceived again. What is She conceived again. And she said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved. Therefore he's given me this son. So she called him. Now at this time my husband will love me, because I have bore him. She conceived again, and she bore a son named Levi out on me for some reason. I think we've got a, a signal issue. And she bore another son named Levi, and she conceived again. And she said, I will praise the Lord, therefore I will name him Judah. But read the word of God. Then she stopped having kids. It just ended. Now look at verse 30, verse 1. 
Now, Rachel saw that she couldn't bring children. Rachel wasn't happy about that. So she envied jealousy, her sister. And she said to Jacob, give me children or I might die. Jacob's anger was aroused against Rachel. And he said, am I the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of your womb? Now drop down to verse 22. But God remembered Rachel. And he listened to her and he opened her womb. And she conceived and she bore a son. She said, God has taken away my reproach. So she called him Joseph and said, The Lord shall add unto me another son. With the help of the Holy Spirit today, I want to preach to you of a message today called The Tale of Two Moms. The Tale of Two Moms. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, to the very best of my ability, hide me behind the cross of Calvary. And help me to decree and declare what thus saith Almighty God. Father, I pray that every man, woman, boy, or girl, on the sound of my voice, even though it is Mother's Day, God, they would hear from heaven. and They would allow the word of Almighty God to make residency in their heart and speak to their hearts today. Father, I pray you take a coal from the altar of heaven. Anoint these lips of clay that I may decree and declare what thus saith your word, not my word. For that I give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Christ's name I pray. And the people that we got together said amen. Amen. You may be seated if you can today. The tale of two mothers. The origin of Mother's Day is rooted in the ancient Greek and Roman worlds. They would often host celebrations and festivals in honor of the mother goddess Rhea and Cybele. The clearest modern precedent for Mother's Day in a Christian life was Mothering Sunday. What we celebrate is Mothering Sunday, which families would join together to celebrate. After a time in the Civil War, a lady by the name of Anna M. Jarvis thought it would be good to recognize annually all mothers because she loved her mother so dearly. At a memorial service for her mother on May the 10th, 1908, Miss Jarvis gave a carnation, her mother's favorite flower. To each person who attended. Today when you leave this house. You will get a carnation. Today in honor of what you. Have brought to the table. Today. Within a few years. The idea of honoring mothers gained popularity. And Mother's Day was observed in a number of large cities. In the U.S. On May the 9th. 1914 by an act of Congress. President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed. That the second Sunday of May. As the official day of Mother's Day. It was a, a day set aside for public expression of love and reverence for mothers of our country. It was customary to wear white carnations to honor the departed mothers, red ones to honor the living, and that custom often continues today. According to the Internet, there are over 3.3 billion website and articles if you just do the search Mother's Day. There are 6.6 billion websites and articles under what it means to be a mom. If stay-at-home moms, for all you that are stay-at-home moms, this is the Sunday you are glad you came to church. Preacher is on your side today. If stay-at-home moms earned an annual salary for all the jobs they performed on a daily basis, 
based on data that has been collected from 2019 annual salary survey, the estimated value of a mother's work tracking real-time market fair market value prices would be you would make $178,000 a year. And somebody said, I want to be a stay-at-home mom. You know why? Because here's the job some, not all, but some of the jobs you do. You are an academic advisor, an accountant, an art director, an athletic director, a buyer, a CEO, a coach, a daycare teacher, a dietitian, an instructor, an event planner, an executive housekeeper, facilities director, groundskeeper, interior design decorator, janitor, a judge, a magistrate, a jury, a launderer, a laundry manager, a logistics analyst, a maintenance supervisor, a network administrator, a photographer, a plumber, a public school teacher, a psychologist, a recreational therapist, a staff nurse, a social media specialist, a tailor, a work-life manager, and a all-around mom. And I didn't even read all of them. There was about six pages. I got tired of reading after those. My ADD kicked in, and I said, that's enough. I don't need anybody else to hear any more of this. If you've been with us over the last couple of weeks, you know I've been on a series called Generations. We've been talking about generations, and we started that series with a guy by the name of Abraham. We talked about, he taught us that we have to be generations of obedience. We transcended to his son Isaac the next week, and we talked about Isaac teaches we have to be generations of faith. Last Sunday, we brought into the equation Jacob. He teaches us that we have to be generations of surrender. We have to surrender under the mighty hand of God and let God be in control. But today on Mother's Day, I want to talk about two moms who brought about two babies, two particular babies in particular, but had one central message of what this next generation should be. We know all moms in here, they cook, they ba- most moms, they cook, they clean, they bake, they barbecue, they paint, they decorate, they do all of those things. They have to have the wisdom of philosophers, and they have to have the grit of a, triath- a triathlon winner, the grace of a ballerina, the compassion of a preacher, the strength of a wrestler, the diligence of a concert pianist, the patience of Job. They are hopeful, noble, encouraging, caring, selfless, self-efficing, and self-sacrificing. We know you do a lot. You oftentimes don't get told thank you that often for all you do. You see, it's stressful being a mom. Sometimes you have to do jobs that no one else is willing to do. I started looking at things, guys, that you could have bought your wife, if she's a mother, to your children or to your bonus children. I started thinking of some things, and then I came up with some things that you probably shouldn't buy your wife. So men, today, I'm going to help you. If you bought these gifts and you have not given it to your wife yet, take it back to the store now. And just tell her that it's on back order. Amazon Warehouse didn't ship it on Prime quick enough. Number one, don't buy her anything that plugs in. Anything that requires electricity can be seen as utilitarian, and she can think you're insulting her intelligence. Don't buy her anything that involves sizes like clothing. Chances are 1 in 7,000 that you will get her size right, which means you're more likely 6,999 times to offend her by saying, do I look like a size 16? Does this this size not look too small to you? I haven't been an 8 in the last 20 years. Take it back. Take it back. 
I don't want marriage counseling. Take it back. Avoid useful things. Like don't buy her new silver polish advertised to save hundreds of hours on polishing the, the silverware so that you can serve brownie points because she's going to take it as she's a slave. Don't buy that. Don't buy anything that involves weight loss or self-improvement. She'll perceive that a six-month membership to a diet center is a suggestion that you think she needs to go back to Shamu life at SeaWorld in Orlando. Be careful about what jewelry you buy. The jewelry your wife wants, you can't afford. And the jewelry you can't afford, she doesn't want. Don't spend too much, men. She may say, how do you think we're going to afford that? But don't spend too little, because then she'll think she's not worth anything. So that's a hard job for you guys today to fit into today. Somebody already messed up this morning before church. Gave the wrong gift. <laughs> we'll have prayer for those people here momentarily. The story I read to you today involves two particular ladies. Two sisters who were constantly at odds with each other. Jacob, the guy we talked about last week, the supplanter, the deceiver, the manipulator, the conniver. When he had to flee from his brother due to making his brother angry for stealing the birthright, he runs to his mother's side of the family, Rebecca's side, his mother's side of the family, to his uncle Laban. He falls in love with one of Laban's daughters, a beautiful young girl by the name of Rachel. She was gorgeous. He loved her. He even volunteered to work for seven years as a dowry or a down payment to be able to marry her and to become his wife, for her to become his wife. He worked seven years, and the day of the wedding came around, and, well, deception and conniving and, de and deceitfulness and... All of those things kind of ran in the family. Because if you remember, it was Rebecca's idea to tell Jacob to go get the calf and uh, the goat and to pull off this, if you will, swapping of the guard. It was Rebecca's idea. Jacob at first wasn't sure, but it, at the coaxing of his mother, he did it. Which tells me that moms, you play a vital role. You can shape the spiritual formation of your children, but be careful what you're shaping them to become. Because you could hurt them rather than help them down the road. Jacob ends up at Uncle Laban's house. Deception runs in the family. The night comes. They get married. The Jewish culture, they only had, you know, they had the big veil over the, the, the bride's eyes. You didn't actually get to unveil your bride until after the wedding was over. He does all the vows. He gives the exchangement of vows. He's getting ready to go leave the, the reception and head to the honeymoon. And he opens the curtain, pulls back the shade, and he sees a cross-eyed girl. Not who he thought he was getting. He thought he was getting a beautiful young handmaiden, a beautiful lady by the name of Rachel. No, he got lazy-eyed Leah is what he got. One eye went this way and one eye went that way. She never could look at him straight in the eye ever again. In fact, when she told Jacob to look her in the eyes, he was confused at what to do. He never knew which eye to look at first. It's just in the Bible. I didn't make this story up. It's in there. Go read it in the Message Bible. The reality of it is, he gets shock of his life. What does he do? He gets angry. He goes back to Laban and he says, what have you done? You've deceived me. Laban says, well, it's not our custom for the oldest 
to be or the youngest to be married before the oldest. So Laban in his craftiness says, give me another seven years, so it'll be a total of 14 years, and I'll give you Rachel. So the Bible said Jacob loved Rachel so much that he did it. But what kind of feeling do that had to be for Leah? I'm not good enough for you. You don't want me. You don't love me. The Bible goes on to say that Leah actually even said, maybe if I have children, my husband will love me because in that society and Jewish culture, if you couldn't produce children, you were almost like tabooed and cursed because your whole job was to produce offspring for your husband to keep the family lineage. She thought, well, maybe if I can give him children, he'll think I'm worth something. Now, this is not just for moms. This is for future moms. This is for anybody in the sound of my voice. And I would even say it can even be applied to men in this room too. Don't put your value in what other people think of you. Your value comes from who created you, not who you're with. Your value is by who you're created by. Leah goes into Jacob and she starts producing children. One right behind the other. She has a son, Reuben. God has heard me. I won't be unloved. He loves me. He's heard my affliction. Then she produced Simeon. God has heard me again. Then she produced Levi. God has heard me again. And all of a sudden she produced another son, Judah. Judah's name, and we'll talk about it in a minute more in depth, means praise or praise to Jehovah. What do you do when you're praising God and it seems like the more you worship, the less your blessings come around? Because as soon as she had Judah, the Bible said the womb closed off. Wasn't a lack of trying. The Bible gives us very clear instructions. She obviously still tried because the Bible said her womb shut down. So that meant she was still trying to produce children. But she couldn't. She had her praise. But in the midst of her praise, her world fell apart all around her. She worshiped God on Sunday, but on Monday, hell took her down. See, I want to tell you that if you're not careful, number one, chaotic circumstances will create emotional environments. The Bible says that when Rachel saw that Leah was blessed, she got angry. She got jealous. She got mad. Can I tell you not everybody's going to appreciate it when you're getting blessed? Hello, preacher. Y'all are quiet today. Y'all must have forgot we're Pentecostal. You can't talk back. It makes the sermon go by quicker. Everybody's not going to celebrate your victories. Everybody's not going to be happy for you when you get the new house, when you get the new car, when your kids are straight-A students and their kid barely got a D to get a diploma. You know, I used to tell somebody, told me one time, said, you know, when I go to college, I want to graduate magna cum laude, summa cum laude, or cum laude. I said, I just want to graduate, thank the laude. That's what I want to graduate. I don't care if it's Magnus Sum, I just want to thank the Lordy is what I want to do to get out of college. That's how I'm trying to get out of here. You know the guy that got a C in doctorate school? You know what he's going to be called when he goes to the hospital? A doctor. I don't know, I want him to work on me, but he's still a doctor. The reality of it is there are situations, not everybody will celebrate your grandiose big dreams and visions. Not everybody will be excited for you. It seems like the enemy specializes in making our life chaotic so that emotional environments come because what you'll do if you're not careful, you'll make permanent decisions on emotionalism that will have adverse effects for the rest of your life. 
and you'll regret one day when you come off of that high of the decisions you've made. Rachel envied her. These two sisters, they were competitive. Leah felt like she could only have values by children. Now, I'd like to say, as a message of warning, moms, be careful. I can say this about dads, too, but they get their, you know, their sermon in about three more, you know, about, what, four weeks now, something like that. They'll get their sermon on Father's Day. But moms, don't be like those moms that are out there that lose their marbles at the soccer games and the volleyball competitions and I'm just going to be honest. Let me just go ahead and preach Father's Day. I don't do well at competitions. I don't like to lose. My family is here. I wish this was the one Sunday they'd have left church, but they're here. Because the only person that amen that was my father. So that kind of stung a little bit. The reality of it is I don't like to lose. But you know where I got that from? My father, who does not like to lose either. Thank the Lord. I remember when I was like five, six years old trying to play the game Trouble with my father. My father said, well, the only way you'll beat me is when you finally beat me. He wouldn't let me win. My mother said, I was like, just let him win. And he said, no, he'll never learn how to win if I do that. So it runs in the family, church. But I don't like to lose. I'm a basketball coach. I'm competitive. I don't like losing. But I have to, I tell people all the time, it's very difficult because it's like wearing two hats because I'll walk into town and people be like, aren't you the basketball coach at such a school? I say, I am. They say, aren't you the pastor of Santee Circle Church of God? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, can you tell me why you're asking? If they saw something bad on the basketball court, that's my twin brother that pastors y'all on Sundays. If they think I'm wonderful, yes, I am. It's so good to see you. God bless you. The reality of it is even moms can sometimes be crafty, creative, cunning, but I've seen some downright competitive moms. I'm telling you, in basketball games, it ain't normally the fathers that come down on my basketball court after the game and grab me by my shirt collar and ask me why their little Johnny ain't playing. Daddy knows why Johnny ain't playing because Johnny stinks. And Daddy knew that. That's why Daddy didn't want to coach the basketball team because Daddy didn't want to be the guy to have to tell Johnny you stink. So he lets me be that guy. But what he doesn't do is stop Mama from coming down there to me to tell Mama Johnny stinks. Because mommy thinks, Johnny's wonderful. Mommy thinks, well, why does my little Johnny not play? Because it's the game of basketball. There's a spherical ball that's orange, and there's a spherical hoop that's orange with a white net. The goal is to put that ball in the net. Your Johnny shoots for the moon and the stars, and the astronauts caught the ball, and it never went through that hoop. That's why Johnny doesn't play. Johnny passed the ball from Somerville to Goose Creek, and it's nowhere nearby. That's why he's not playing. Moms can be competitive. That's what Rachel and Leah were. You can slice it any way you want to. When Rachel saw Leah was getting all the attention, she didn't like that. So she had to create some disturbance. So she goes to Jacob and says, I need children. I love Jacob's response. That's not my problem. I mean, really, you can put all the King James Version you want to. But he says, I'm not God. I'm not the one that makes the final call here, lady. So she takes matters into her own hands. She says, well, then if I can't have him, I'm going to give you my servant girl, and she can be a surrogate mom, but one way or the other, I'm getting a kid because I'm tired of Leah getting all the attention. That's what it was all about. That's all it was. Competition. I remember the story of a mother who went to her son's military graduation from college. 
The graduates were walking with, uh, with machine-like precision. But one cadet out of all of them was out of step. The mother was heard to say, Oh, isn't it a shame that my little Johnny, after all these training for the last four years, everybody else is walking in the wrong direction but Johnny. Way to go, Johnny! Yeah, I don't think Johnny was the problem, lady. I think you were the problem. Johnny was wrong, too. You're the problem. You ain't never been to a Citadel graduation. It's pretty obvious if one guy is, like, going the wrong direction, y'all. But, you know, you got those moms out there like that. We know that you moms are here are more patient and equipped to handle competitive chaos. Fathers are oftentimes the more short-fused ones in the family, frustrated by why little Johnny and little Sally hadn't caught up to the game yet. But moms, let me remind you that we are called to raise generations that can rise above the competitiveness and the chaos of liberalism, woke ideologies, counterculture agendas, and we must raise a generation that can lead and be driven by spirit-breathed power of Pentecost. We don't need men to think they're women. We don't need women to think they're men. We need Johnny to become a Johnny in the church, to be a church father, to the older men, to teach the younger men, and the younger older women to teach the younger women. We don't need to get their gender confused. We don't need to get their sexual preferences confused. The problem with the world today is we don't have enough mothers and fathers that are standing up in the midst of the chaos of circumstances. They're making emotional decisions when in reality they need to think clearly and say the world may be going crazy, but I'm going to stay true with God on my side. Because if you're not careful, the chaos of your circumstances will cause you to make emotional decisions you'll regret. And it'll have a lifetime of effects. These two women are trying to one-up each other. But then secondly, can I tell you that powerful praise unveils divine dreams? Powerful praise unveils divine dreams. You say, well, that's really interesting from the first slide. I'm going to tell you why. Leah had three sons, Reuben, Simeon, and Levi, but she finds herself pregnant with a fourth child named Judah. I mean, and his name means Jehovah, I will praise. But her womb shuts down. It seemed like the more she had a reason to praise God, the enemy took every reason why not to praise God. There are mothers under the sound of my voice today, online and in-house. You've had miscarriages. You've had children to die. They were born, but they something in life, they passed away. You've had grandchildren to pass away. I cannot explain to you why God allows things to happen. What I can tell you is, don't lose your praise in the midst of the chaos. Because I'm telling you, the reason sometimes the chaos is always chaotic is because the devil wants you to forget why you have a reason to praise the Lord. That's the reason. She has this child. She names him God, I will praise. You talk about a soap opera. This is better than Peyton's place. This is good stuff right here. Days of our lives got nothing on Leah and Rachel. I mean, this is good stuff. They're arguing. They're bickering. I felt bad for Jacob. Could you imagine living in a house with two women at the same time and they don't like each other and you're stuck in the middle? I'm only married to one lady and that's hard enough. I sure ain't adding a second one to that mix. That's tough stuff. For all of you that are dads that have a wife and all girls, you got a special place in heaven God's reserved for you. I'm just letting y'all know. You, Corey, don't you, don't you have all girls? Aren't you all girls? 
God has a special mansion, a big one, a large one. In fact, heaven is 144,000 square miles. You might even get to live on a separate section and just visit from time to time, but not have to be next door neighbors all the time. That's wonderful. That's heavenly, isn't it? Don't answer that. You're sitting by your wife. But the reality of it is, Jacob's in this turmoil. Finally, the time comes. The Bible, I read it to you today. Rachel's womb is opened up. The first son she produces, she names him Joseph. Now, everybody likes to go, oh, that means dreamer. No, it does not. Joseph was a dreamer, but his name actually means Jehovah shall add unto me. Can I tell you that even when it looks like you are delayed in getting what you think God should give to you, even when it feels like life is holding you back, delay does not mean denial. It just may mean you have to wait a little bit longer. Because as much as Leah produced Levi, the son, the tribe of Levi, and she produced Levi, the lineage of Jesus Christ, and as much as Leah produced Levi, the, the uh, high priestly order, and produced Simeon and Judah, she did not produce the dreamer. Rachel did. Rachel produced the dreamer. And yes, we know all about Levi and we know about Moses and Aaron, but can I tell you, had there never been a dreamer, the rest of the family would have died off because it was the dreamer that saved everybody else's family. So even in the midst of your delays, even in the midst of you having to wait, you think God's blessing everybody else around you, you better be careful because you're, by you waiting, God may have a bigger plan for your life than other people's lives. It just takes longer to develop. Joseph is born, and I'm going to quickly go through this. Joseph is born, he grows up, and he becomes a special apple of the eye of his father, Jacob, because that was Rachel's baby. Jacob has a coat of beautiful colors made for Joseph. Joseph puts it on, and he goes out one day to check on his brothers, and he finds out that they have abandoned their post, and he finds them in Shechem, and when they come and they find him, they think he's going to go rat him out to daddy. And they're going to get in trouble. So they take him, Brother Mike, and they strip him off his coat of many colors. They throw him in a pit. They kill an animal. They smear blood over it. They lie to their father about his death. They didn't have They fake it, his death to his father. Reuben had the intention, Leah's son, Reuben had the intention of coming back and rescuing him. But one brother... While Reuben was gone away, one brother saw that there was a, a van of a, of a caravan of Ishmaelite slave traders passing by. And he said, well, instead of killing the boy, wouldn't it be better if we sold him? And that way we can not feel guilty that he died, but we don't have to deal with him either. Let's sell him. You know who that brother was that came up with that plan? Judah. Judah's the one that sold him out. See, what I want you to realize is that Judah would rather sell. His name means praise now, church. Don't miss this. He would rather sell out someone else who is a dreamer than to allow his praise and power to be overshadowed by another. He'd rather kill a dreamer so that he doesn't lose prestige. Because Joseph had already told him that all these sheaves and the sun and the moon and the stars were bad. He didn't want that. Can I tell you sometimes the enemy of your soul will be afraid of the dream God has for you 
And he will use the praise of other people to keep you in captivity and you won't even realize it's the praise of others that's holding you back, not your own. It's other people. Joseph is sold to Egypt, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, placed in prison. He finds favor everywhere he goes. He is promoted to second in command during the famine. And a day comes that ten brothers come on a caravan trip from Israel. Joseph recognizes these men immediately. He fills them with grain and he talks to them and he asks about, do they have another sibling? They said, yeah, we got another brother by that's back home with his dad. His name is Benjamin. He's our youngest. But we didn't bring him because my father had a wife and she had two boys. And the first one died. He won't let Benjamin leave the house. He won't even let Benjamin go to school. Benjamin can't go anywhere. He's afraid he can't lose what little bit of Rachel he has left. He's holding on to what little bit of love he still has. So he wouldn't let us bring him. Jacob says, or Joseph says, well, I tell you what, you got to bring him or you don't get grain. They said, we can't do that. He said, well, i tell you what, I'm going to hold somebody. They finally decided, okay, fine, we'll do it. He said, i tell you what, I'm going to hold one of your brothers captive. Now remember what happened to Joseph. I'm going to hold one of your brothers captive. Y'all going to go get that boy. Y'all going to bring him here safely, and I'm going to see him. Then I'll let your brother out. But if y'all don't come back, I'll know y'all are spies, and I'm going to kill your brother. Isn't that what they wanted to do to Joseph? Put him in captivity and want to kill him? Boy, how the tides turn. They go home. They get Benjamin. They tell their dad about it. Jacob's at first uncertain, but the food runs out. They have no other choice. Miss Carol will be making your way. They, they have no other choice, so they send Benjamin with him. They filled the grains back. Joseph has the people instructed to put his golden cup or his silver chalice into Benjamin's sack. They go about halfway up the road. Egypt, the, the caravan of Egypt shows up and says, Whoever has got stolen the royal cup of Zaphnath paneah that was Joseph's changed name, they shall surely die. He's a thief. They said, We didn't take it. We didn't take it. You can check our bags. They opened the bags. Guess who had the cup? Benjamin had the cup. Benjamin. Benjamin's cup. Their heart melted. It broke. It's hurt. They go back to Egypt and they beg. Sir, we didn't take it. We promised we didn't take it. We promised we didn't take it. We promised we didn't take it. Joseph, still playing the card of being Zaphnathpaneah, said, Enough! I know now you're traitors. I know you're manipulators. I know for a fact that you are the ones that caused this. You're the ones that did it. But I love the story, how it changes. They don't know what else to say. They're in trouble. Now read the slide, church. Powerful praise unveils divine dreams. Does anybody remember who it was that sold out Joseph? Who sold him out? Praise. Benjamin's on the same rocks. Watch Genesis 43. Now it came to pass when they had eaten the grain that they had brought from Egypt that their father said, go and buy more. Judah spoke to him, says, the man solemnly warned us that if we didn't bring our brother back, we couldn't have grain. 
So Judah said to his father, Send the lad with me and we'll go, that we may live and not die. I myself will take his place. If I don't come back with him, you can have my children, but I'll die for it this time. This time, praise said, I'll die for the dream. I'm not willing to do it again. I'll die this time for the dream. I'll die for him. I'll die for him. So they go. They show up to Joseph's house. They go through. The story gets better. Genesis chapter 44. Then Judah came near to Joseph and he said, Oh my Lord, please let your servant speak a word into your ear. Do not let your anger burn against your servant, even like Pharaoh. My Lord asked us, did our father have any more children? And we told you he did. And to bring him down, and we have. The lad cannot leave his father. If he should leave his father, our father would die. Unless our younger brother goes down with you. So we brought him with us. Your servant, my father, said to us, Boys, you know my wife only had two sons. And one has already gone from me. He was torn to pieces, and I haven't seen him since. But don't take this one from me. He said, for your servant, this is what he told Joseph, your servant became surety to make sure this boy gets back home. Praise is going to make sure it happens. I shall bear the blame. Please, please, therefore let your servant be remain and let the lad go home back to his daddy. Let me take his place in captivity for I cannot return to my father without that boy the Bible said immediately immediately Joseph removed himself from the room tears streamed down his face he had everybody leave and he walked back out and with all he could possibly muster up with tears he wailed and he says my brothers it is I it is your brother Joseph they are stunned they are, they are taken back they are in awe they are awestruck they approach him and he says, look at my eyes. I don't look Egyptian. I'm one of you. They begin to hug one another. None of the other brothers were willing to lay down their life for Joseph the first time. Praise sold him out the first time. But when the rubber met the road, it was also praise that revealed God had a bigger plan. Because had Judah never said, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in need of prayer. It's the me, God, I'll take it. If Judah hadn't said anything, the story might would have ended differently. But praise, powerful praise, stood up and said, not this time. Devil, you can make my life chaotic. You can make my life of circumstances be crazy and spiraling out of control. But I'm going to yet, still yet, will I praise the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I'll praise him in the morning. I'll praise him in the afternoon. I'll praise him in the evening. I'll praise him in the firmament of his power. I'll magnify the Lord. Let us exalt his name together. Praise the Lord with timbrel and dance. Praise him with the loud sound. Let everything that has breath praise him. Judah said, I will praise God no matter what I have to do now. And when he did, God pulled back the curtain. The royal helmet came off. The Egyptian paint started to smear from the makeup. All of a sudden, they saw the color of Brother Wyatt in his eyes. Brother James, as those ear-piercing eyes, looked at them and says, It is I, Joseph, not Zaphnath Paneah. That's what they call me. 
But boys, I'm Joseph. I'm your brother. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. He sent me here to save you. Moms, I came by to tell you one thing today. You can be one of two moms. You can be the mom that is blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed. And produce praise. You can be a mom that may be delayed your gratification of life and produce dreams, hoping and praying and wishing one day you'll have a family of your own. Or maybe you already have children and you're praying and wishing they'll get saved. But the tale that these two ladies tell, even in the middle of their chaotic competitiveness, you know what they tell? Two ladies, two babies, one message. They tell us, even though they're separate, that powerful praise always precedes divine dreams. This morning, before we pray, you know how many years people like Sister Sherry and Brother Mary and others, Aaron included, Sister Faye Huff and others, have prayed for Aaron to be able to have another child? A long time. But they kept trusting God. Doctors say no, say no, say no, say no, say no. Doctors kept saying it's not working. It didn't look good. We've had opportunities where we thought it was going to come about. And it, it didn't. We didn't make the completion of term. We didn't make the complete full term of previous babies. So when this one, when Harper was on, we knew that Aaron was praying again. God, there was lots of prayers. Was still, but we, we still were, in, in some respects still, God, we've walked this road before. See, the reality of it is, whether you have six children or you're a mother of one, there's always that window of uncertainty as it's coming along. I want you to know today that the child, that it may be physical, it may be spiritual, it may be somebody else as a surrogate parent to you. You may have the ability to shape the next generation to be praisers and dreamers and worshipers and leaders. Rachel and Leah despised each other, but from their womb came praise and dreams and hope. If I were to challenge you, anybody in this room today, especially moms, I would challenge you, don't think you're not important. Even if you feel like you're Leah and you're unloved and no one cares about you, you realize that every child you have birthed, they may be the next Levi, the priestly order, the next pastor. They may be the next Judah, the next worshiper. Some of you that may have not had children until late in your years of life. Maybe you're a young mom. Maybe you have a child on the way or you're our first, a new baby mom. Maybe the reason it's delayed is because God was giving you a dreamer, not just a worshiper, he was giving you a dreamer. Someone that can see things that no one else can see and will do things that no one else can do. I don't know, but everyone in this room that has children, I don't know what God's plan, but the Bible tells me this, for I have plans for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. God gave you, the Bible says, Blessed is the man who has lots of children and a quiver full of them. Blessed is he. Basically, it's blessed to have children. God says it's wonderful. But moms, and even dads, more so moms today since it's your day. Don't give up praying on your children. Don't give up speaking life over your children. Don't give up hope on your children. They may not be what you want them to be right now. You may not even know what they're going to be, but don't give up on them know why? 
because you may have a worshiper and you may have a dreamer you may have a pastor at the end of the day I don't know why God gave you the children he gave to you but he gave them to you for such a time as this so here's what I want to do before we close today I'm going to ask at this point every person that in this room that is a mom that is physically able to just stand wherever you are you can be a mom, grandmother that you have a child of some sort wonderful thank you so much now man if you're standing by a mother she might be your wife she might be the children of your the mother of your children she might be someone that's connected to you but if, if your wife mother of your children is standing this morning I want you to stand up beside her today or stand up as well in support of her what we're going to do we're going to pray today for our moms dads don't worry about five weeks from now we'll give you some recognition I'll get you a Swiss army knife or something bottle cap opener maybe I should do flowers for the men sentimental but men if your wife the mother of your children is standing beside you as Brother Randy read earlier today, you are a blessed man. You're a blessed man. And I will say that if your wife and the mother of your children is a God-fearing woman, you are doubly blessed because they're going to raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. They're going to raise them right. They're going to raise them right. Now, the rest of you, if, the, if you happen to be a child and it's your mama that's standing beside you, you stand up beside her and hold your mama's hand. That's you, Rachel. That's your mama. You hold their hand. Now, moms, not that I want to tell you don't pray. You can pray for yourself if you want to, but let us pray for you today. So children, husbands, fathers, etc., let's pray for your moms and your wives that are the mother of you. Let's pray for them today. Father, I pray a special blessing over our mothers today. God, they have raised children. They have shaped children. They have formed and fashioned children under their arms and hands. I pray a special place of blessing for them. Let them to continue to rear their children in the fear and the admonition of God. Lord, let them birth praisers. Let them birth dreamers. Let them birth worshipers. Let them birth people that can be God, grow up and to be difference makers for the kingdom of heaven and a force to be reckoned with for the kingdom of darkness. God, mothers are a blessed people they train us they love us they they guide us they teach us we are blessed beyond all measure to have godly mothers in our lives father today i'm asking under the sound of my voice for god these people that today that every man woman boy or girl that's under the sound of my voice if their mother is present watching online or maybe they will see them later today God that they would realize that they are blessed beyond all measure and the spirit of almighty God God would continue to lead and guide them in all things and manners which they do Father we ask that you would bless us and keep us make your face shine upon us be gracious to us lift up your countenance towards us give us the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding God, our hearts until we turn it again. Let the words of our mouth 
meditation of our hearts to be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. Oh, Lord, our strength and redeemer. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Before Brother Randy prays our benedictory prayer, let me just make mention to you. We already have the VBS cards out. They're in the Connection Center up front. Twist and Turns is the theme this year. There's also a QR code in the back that people can scan and register and all that stuff. We do still need workers. We need workers for music. We need workers for uh, nursery. And we need workers for games, recreation. So if you like to do games, you like to do music, you like, we still need workers. So please see Sister Jennifer Wyatt or sign up out there and let us know so we can find people to help us during those nights. It's June the 4th through the 7th. Uh, and we'll have a wonderful time. So make sure. And we want you to take these cards and give them out to people. We want people to know about it. So take as many of these as you can. Just pass them out. Even if you don't know anybody with kids, just go to Walmart and hand them out to other people's kids. We don't care. Give them out. So when you leave, let me give you some instructions. In the back door, there's going to be two nice, beautiful young ladies that are my assistants today. They're not hoarding the flowers. They are your flower girls, literally. They, they're not, this is not a wedding, but they are the flower girls. So either side, there's two lines. So don't all try to knock one of them down to the other. There's multiple colors, bright, red, pink, etc. If you really don't like your color, don't just trade with somebody else. Just don't bring it back, please. So it's a carnation. So we love you. I pray that every one of you mothers have a wonderful Mother's Day. There is no PM service tonight. We want you to spend time with your family. To all our moms in here that came today, God bless you is our prayer. Brother Randy, would you pray for